boom. Here we are, episode one of the podcast. <laughs> uh, Mans has been talking about doing this for the longest time, and to actually start this, it's pretty surreal. I've got to give a thanks to anyone who's listening right now and just showing that support. Appreciate you. Thank you, John Delia. Thank you to the folks over at Therapy for Twenty Something. My family and my friends and anyone else who's just urged me on to do this, it really means a lot. This is Too Hot to Handle, and I'm your host, Trey Potter. For those that don't know, the show is simply a discussion. You're going to hear mine and others' opinions on those everyday thoughts that run through people's heads. Today, I brought a friend with me, and the main focus for today's show is going to be discussing the current political climate in the United States. We're obviously going to talk about Trump, Bernie, Biden, and all of the other candidates, and who we think is going to win the election in November. But we're not going to jump right into it. We're going to have a little fun, and we're going to discuss our 23andMe results that we just got back. And also, we got to talk about the elephant in the room, COVID-19. All right, enough of that chit-chat. I've been talking way too much. Um, thanks again, everyone. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm still trying to like find my voice, you know, like have a good intro. Yeah. So here's what I got. Yo, yo, yo! It's your boy Trey Potter. Too hot to handle. <laughs> All right, you think they'll like it's, it's, it's better than? Uh, hey, guys, this is Trey Potter. <laughs> too, too hot to handle. Too hot to handle, Trey Potter. <laughs> All right. Um, Welcome to uh, the first episode of the podcast, everyone. This is Too Hot to Handle with Trey Potter, and I've got a special guest with me, longtime friend, um, edge up looking like a <laughs> old. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, it's Drake Schmidt. Round of applause. How's it going? Pretty good, Drake. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. You want to uh, want to quickly introduce yourself to the people? Uh, uh well. You know my name, but um, I'm a student at Ohio State, and I'm studying history. I have a huge passion for soccer, and I would love to work in soccer. But I won't go into too many details, but that's what I'll say for right now. Yeah. I've been uh, Trey for a long time. Yeah, shout out to, the, uh, to my OSU friends, <laughs> the second best university in Ohio. <laughs> Let's go Bearcats. Um, so... To jump into it, uh, I, I explained in the intro, but a majority of this podcast will be about political candidates. But we wanna we wanna warm our way up to it. Um, and Drake, you uh, you actually texted me yesterday that you got your twenty three and Me results back. Yeah. For those that don't know, twenty three and Me is like an, an ancestral uh, thing where like you spit you spit in this capsule and then it gets sent to a laboratory to be refined, and they use your spit. Uh, to access the DNA and through the DNA, they can just figure out uh, this is where you're from, basically, right? Um, I did it about a month ago and I thought it was really cool. I, I'm on internships, so I'm balling right now. So I paid an extra $100 to get the, the added health stuff. So they'll tell me like, hey, I have the genome to possibly have cystic fibrosis or like... Yeah. What are some other diseases? Um, um, epilepsy. Uh, you could get dementia. I don't know. Dementia. Yeah, that. dementia is one <laughs> okay. of them. But um, yeah, do you want to explain what yeah. your results were? So, um, yeah, like Trey said, 
you pretty much, it's kind of weird. You spin this capsule and then as you close it, there's this liquid that it kind of mixes with and you have to shake it for a little bit. Um, the kit is already like a box that you can already mail out. So you don't have to buy something separate for it, but it takes, let's say four to six weeks. Yeah. Four to six weeks. Yeah. I think mine took maybe like two or three weeks. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It was really fast. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, and then once you get it back, uh, the very basic part of it is it breaks down everything that they could find in your genome and they linked it to specific areas where that same genome is found on the earth. So, um, well, I guess to, uh, to let the people know, obviously they can't see us, but my ethnicity is, uh, Australian Aborigine (laughs) mixed with, um, Iceland. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm a typical American mutt. Uh, I'm light-skinned, never, I don't really know any of my family, so it was really a shot in the dark. I wasn't sure if, like, a lot of my family would be from Africa, Europe, Native American, you know, all that. Yeah, and um, I am half German and half black, so I expected something along the lines. Pretty similar to that, yeah. Yeah. I'm just European and then African. What I found was actually something really different it was kind of surprising and extremely cool i would recommend anyone who can do it to try it yeah i I guess i'll start off with my results um so it came back as i'm 49.4 percent european uh and that's mostly northwestern european so you know feeling i'm a little bit of french you feel me uh i got that british in me um and then sub-saharan african was 48.9 percent so some nigerian ghanaian um, and then like 0.5% uh, Southeast Asian. So I guess I'm part anime. Um, but I guess what the dilemma that I came to was, since I'm mostly European, can I say the N-word? <laughs> I mean, that's what this all really comes down to, right? Sure. If, if, you, th- if you think so, I think you can. I think, you, I think the rule for that is you have to live a good amount of the black experience yeah. in America. And that's what qualifies you. And of course you have to be like pretty, you have to identify as black and yeah. be pretty black. Pretty, yeah. Pretty at least, it, I would say at least half. Like you've got to wear a do-rag at night. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That'll, that'll be for another episode. Um, what were your results? Um, so surprisingly, about 67% European Sub-Saharan African, 1.5 East Asian and Native American, and then 1% Central South Asian. And then, of course, the 0.7% of just completely unknown. But what's really cool about it is you can go down and even look at your uh, ancestry timeline. And it can show you how far back in terms of generations and even, you know, gives you years with it, not just second, third, fourth, fifth generation. Yeah. It signs like a year or time period, like 1850 is considered my fifth generation. So mm-hmm. around that time, my ancestors are mainly, or it was starting to, Scandinavian was starting to integrate in there, Eastern European, and the latter half, same with British, Irish, Nigerian, and Ghanaian, and other West African yeah, and what's interesting is it looks like me and you both have, um, like, around the 1850 through 1910 mark, 
we had our African ancestors come forth. Yeah. Yeah. It's just curious to me. Like, I wonder, it'd be, it would be awesome to know, you know, who these people were. Like, yeah. what, they came from, they yeah. came from Nigeria and traveled up to London and just... Yeah. Yeah, I always, always kind of wonder that stuff. Just, yeah, I, want, I think about that all the time, like, how they actually... I'm going to guess slave trade. Since yeah, that's British, probably a big Nigerian, one. Since African and British and Eastern European at the same time. I want to think that's slave trade, but at the same time, I, I have no clue. Yeah, you can never be too sure. Um, and personally, like, I don't, I don't know too much of my family. I can go like a few generations back. Yeah, that, that's pretty much the same for me. Uh, grandparents is probably the farthest I can go back. Do you have any, uh, Italian in you? Italian? Um, it looks like if I do, it was a long time ago. But you know what's not a long time ago for Italians? What? The corona. Yeah. Yes. Look, look at that segue. What a, what a transition. Um, yeah, what a, what a transition. Uh, so, yeah, I, this is something we're all going through right now. Um, and I just wanted to hit this real quick, just my thoughts on it. But we just surpassed um, Italy for the most cases in the world. Yeah. It's over 80,000 now. Yeah. Yeah. We did. And I'm not. All right. So Italy's about 60 million. 60 million. Yep. And even if you look on a map, the size of Italy would maybe fit in parts of the Northeast. Yeah. I mean, it's nowhere near bigger than Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that shouldn't be surprising. Um, Italy, though, the scientific community and the political. Um, figures there had mixed messages so that's why you saw a lot in italy yeah and then with america i wouldn't say we had a lot of mixed messaging but we were late and it hit the hardest um in new york mm-hmm. and on washington and um in california LA, yep. yeah and those highly highly densely populated places yeah and i think that's something that people are overlooking I, I do kind of feel like, hey, this is an epidemic. I'm not saying it it shouldn't be taken seriously, but I feel like part of the media is blowing up a little bit too much. When you look at Italy, um, they they rank almost number one in the world in terms of housing with different generations of people. So people there, I'm not saying all, but people there, they tend to live with their grandparents, their parents. Um and yeah, Italy is so much smaller, but it still has 60 million people. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. And I th- that's also true. And actually a lot of what's interesting about Europe is um, after like uh, spending time with family there, um, first of all, they have a different economy. They're, they're yeah. more socialist. And so they run and operate differently. You see a lot less. Um, I don't know. It's just it's. It's completely different from America where yeah. you can go from like the bottom to the top and like you you won't see like stories like Jay-Z who sells drugs, goes from a drug dealer to combined with his wife, Beyonce. A billionaire. They're, they're, yeah, they're billionaires. So it's stories like that that you don't really hear about. But in terms of being different, and this is similar in Germany, um, 
I probably think it's similar in most Western European nations. I don't know too much. Well, maybe Eastern. I don't yeah. know. But it's not frowned upon to live with your family. Yeah. Like, um, you can spend many generations in one village. And it's not like, oh, well, they didn't leave and become something better. It's just, it's just a way of life. And yeah. so, yeah, that can contribute to a higher uh, death rate. I think or, these... Um, um, I think you hit it on the head. I feel like these cultural differences uh, that we have between countries is going to make a huge difference on what parts of the world get affected. When you look at China, China's culture is very much us, not I. So when the government, yes, they are socialists. Yes, it's an autocratic government. I thought China was communist. Socialist, communist. Really? Um, Well, I guess I I should be careful with my words. (laughs) Communist. But I'd almost call them autocratic because they, you know, the government really controls everything. Yeah, they, what, they have, yeah. But when they come in, um, when the government says, hey, we, everyone's going on lockdown, everyone is going on lockdown, whether you like it or not. But also, I feel like as a society, China is just more about the long term. They're more about their country and nation. Mm-hmm. But when you look at America... America as a society, we are so focused on the individual that even though we're in Ohio right now, even though Ohio went on our two-week shutdown, I see so many people going outside, walking around, yeah. things like that. Yeah. But I feel like in other countries, they, you know, they, they shut that down. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And all, yeah, because the government has a lot more control over the people, they can definitely use um, more forceful tactics. Like you'll see people... Are there even like some videos and uh, it was covered on the news a little bit of how they could um, forcefully send people back inside? Yeah. And you and maybe that's happening here. I can't speak for everything around the United States, but I certainly haven't seen it right now. So, yeah. Um, and also, I think what can tr- I don't know if it's being blown out of proportion when it comes to this being a, a pandemic. I do think some people should take it a little bit more serious. Yeah, for sure. Um, but one thing that uh, really contributed to the United States uh, getting hammered with it, maybe not in the major cities like New York, where there's a lot of travel every day, but more towards the Midwest, is especially when this spring break time hit for um, college students. Oh, yeah. Um, I think a lot of college students um, traveled outside of their city, outside their state, usually to the one of the coast, an island-like area, like the Caribbean. So um, a bunch of other people. Yeah, and so I think that definitely contributed to it. And, um, you know, that's their choice. I can't make make decisions for other people, but, you know, I, I didn't think it was a good idea. Yeah, I think only time will tell what yeah. – will be the right thing to do, the wrong thing to do. Personally, I, I'm i considered a quote-unquote essential worker because I work in construction. Yeah. Um, and the project that I'm on, it, it's massive. Yeah. Uh, I've been taking manpower reports, and it's about 100, including the people in the office, it's about 120 people a day okay. that are coming into somewhat close proximity of each other. Okay. Stuff like that, I've, I feel like everything has got to get shut down. Yeah. Because... Yeah, it's only 120 people, but that 120 people as a whole are going to be interacting with 
a thousand people a day when you include their families yeah and things like that i just i feel like it shows how capitalistic we are and that we can't there's just some things that we can't you know go without for business purposes yeah yeah i, I agree now i haven't been meaning to ask you this um with construction yeah do you got do you think uh there's a good amount of social distancing or can that even exist? There? It's it's so in the office, of course, you can have social distancing, but when it comes to site work, it is extremely it is extremely difficult to to stay six feet apart when you when it takes when it takes a crew of guys to do a certain task. Okay. You know, like hey, while you tie this rebar or rebar steel as you tie this rebar i'm gonna need you to hold this okay you know it, yeah. it's stuff like that i mean <laughs> i mean our site is big but again it's like you've got a hundred people they're all using the same porter potty you know what i mean yeah. like and where is your site again it's uh downtown columbus it's the crew stadium okay i was uh trying not to say that but you know <laughs> you kind of forced me into it yeah it's fine <laughs> last time you'll be on here <laughs> <laughs> nah but um yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. Um, I'm pretty sure you heard China is the Wuhan province is supposed to be opening up within the next coming weeks. Yeah, it's shocking I, to me. I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. Um, one reason that helped contribute to this, um, of course, this didn't happen anywhere, but specifically in China, is the animal market. Oh I mean, yeah, in uh, in Wuhan and also in other parts, but it's like a huge industry. Um, accounts for millions of dollars there and mm-hmm. uh, billions worldwide. But that is one way that this similar situation can happen again. Um, coronavirus or, um, you know, this, the problem we're having right now, it's also, it's carried in, uh, I think it was bats. Yep. And, um, you know, like it's an animal market where they sell animals. There's probably bats there. And also the condition of it as well. It's just a bunch of cages stacked on top of each other. They don't really treat the animals there well. So there's probably a mix of like disgusting, but it's like probably feces and just other bodily fluids like mixed in there. And then if someone contracts it, well, then you can have a whole nother pandemic. So I don't think this could like, I think there's a solution to this in a way, not a clear cut one because viruses have been a, problem for a long time probably humanity really yeah i think the length of humanity but it's i think it comes to the point where these viruses are legitimately preventable yeah you can try and yeah you can definitely pinpoint some areas where you can improve on them did you watch that um there was a video that this guy made that's pretty much exactly like this i I forgot what news i think he was part of the bbc Mm -hmm. and he went into um a market similar to this, but it was in like Thailand or something. Okay. Showing exactly what you're talking about, how yeah. these animals are put into cages on top of each other. Yeah. In dirty cages that don't get clean. There's no yeah. regulation or anything. I mean, yeah. I don't, I, I can understand it because they're about their money. You know, they mm-hmm. don't give a fuck about how these animals are feeling. Yeah. But yeah. It's a, it's sad in a way. Yeah, I would like to see that being taken care of. One thing I do get tired of with this coronavirus, and then I'll like, I'll keep this short because I'm, I don't no, no, talk good. too much about coronavirus. But 
um, uh, social media and how misinformation is spreading oh my there. Goodness. And like people will say things or I think that's one thing that doesn't help at all when people just say things that aren't true or they're just following like a path of misinformation. I think that leads to more panic. Um, and also like people getting scammed or whatnot. That's a yeah, like hey, donate to here. That. Yeah, donate to here or like buying like specific masks from <clears throat> another area where the site is kind of shady or anything like that. I think that's one thing that isn't that's another thing that isn't helping. You're absolutely right. right. It's small stuff too. Like yeah. I'm I'm sure some of you hearing hearing or listening to this have heard um about that post like oh Ronaldo bought an island for his family. You hear about that? No. Uh, it, no. That was like really big okay. last week. All right. And I looked into it and then it, it just wasn't true at all. Okay. Um, but all it's right. just it's just stuff like that. It's just yeah. media in general. Yeah. Um, social media specifically, that the spread of mis- misinformation just for clicks and views. Yeah. Um, yeah, starting to get kind of annoying. Yeah. All righty. Welcome back. This is Drake here on the. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. This is uh, still Trey's podcast. But um, oh, thanks. Now that we're coming back, uh, we're gonna talk about our main topic. Yes, presidential candidates. Presidential candidates. Yes. Which um, I gotta say, I'm not the most knowledgeable, but uh, I think our strengths and what we can speak about is um, what people our age see in these yeah. candidates. So we won't know everything about them. Don't take every word we have about them for it's like a fact. Um, but in a way, we can represent more people than ourselves, and I think that's what's important about this. I'd also like to add that, um, look, I'm young, and just like everyone, my opinions change. So whatever we say on this on this podcast, yeah, um, it's open for change. I mean, that's that's just a part of growing yeah. up, and. I'd also like to say, I am neither Republican or Democrat. Yeah, um, I'm independent. I just I'll vote for who I think is best yeah. for the situation. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, I I don't really, I wouldn't like to think I lean a certain way. Um, I think uh, critical thinking is important for when it comes to Absolutely. voting for yeah. uh, government officials. Uh, you really have to know what they stand for. Um, that being said, like. I strictly voted for Hillary Clinton because I did not want to see Donald Trump be president. Like, I, I got to admit, I didn't know too much about her, but I'm not really afraid to admit that. But And I'll tell you what, call me a call me a truck driving wet back, but I voted for Lord Trump. God damn. Nah, I'm just kidding. I didn't. Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's get into it. Hey, I just want to personally give a shout out to Tulsi Gabbard. That's who I supported okay. uh, when this whole thing started. I yeah. liked Tulsi for the fact that she was uh, for the fact that she was pretty moderate in her thinking. Um, she was a veteran, uh, a woman that was strong, and her foreign policy was really good. But she just didn't have she just didn't have the resources to compete with everyone else. And not going to lie, she's a little bit dry. She didn't have the spunk and the charisma, which I think is important in a presidential candidate. Yeah. Uh, was there someone that you really yeah. enjoyed? Uh, just from watching debates, once again, didn't follow them too heavily. So I'm not going to say 
everything they stood for was great. But I liked Andrew Yang. Yeah. Um, the Yangster. The Yangster. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that's why I liked the most just from watching him in uh, Canada uh, president, not presidential Canada. Uh, the debates. debates. Yeah. yeah, Democratic debates. So, but he of course also went out, and uh, yeah, I think yeah. And then um, all of the, all of the other lower candidates. Obviously, we're going to be talking about Biden and Bernie and yeah. Trump, but all the other ones. Um, to be honest, I I don't think America was ready for a gay president in Pete Buttigieg. I don't think. I thought Elizabeth Warren was a little bit too radical. She was similar to Bernie, but I don't think she had the same spunk as I Bernie. I just didn't care for Elizabeth Warren. No, I just. Just watching her, oh, she she no. was a little bit too too much of a politician for me. Yeah, um, I don't know what it was for me. Klobuchar, um, man, I, I didn't hear anything from her to be honest. <laughs> Shawty is thick though. You feel me? Like, no. Gosh, yeah, people are gonna start cooking off now. <laughs> wow. Um, gosh, is there a way you can cut? That? No, we're probably going to leave it in. All right. Well, continuing on to the two main people, (laughs) Biden and Sanders. And to be honest, I was on the Bernie bandwagon for a long time. When I think about who was able to beat Trump, I instantly thought of Bernie because he has that charisma. He has that ability to rile people, not rile people up, but bring people together for, for one cause. But as this election continues to move on, I'm starting to feel like Biden might be the better option. And I'd also like to mention, it's funny how for the past four years, all these social justice warriors are talking about change and reformations. And look who our political candidates are. Three 70-year-old white men. Um, Nothing much has changed. I'd like to mention that. But what do you think? Um... Hmm. Yeah. Um, in terms of facing uh, Donald Trump, I think Joe Biden stands the best chance of actually competing and possibly beating him. Um, just because he's more towards the middle. And right now, uh, Bernie Sanders is, well, he has the charisma. He's definitely not lacking that. What he is, uh, maybe not lacking, but what could be a sticking point is some of his ideas are considered uh, too radical. Radical, yeah. In a, in a way, radical just because it's, if it's more of a socialist-type government. More progressive in thinking, really. Uh, some things I think are progressive. Other things are truly just if it's more of a socialist-type government. And I think it's great if you want that. And I think what you trade when you switch more to a socialist type government is exactly what we were talking about earlier when it came to Europe's economies. Um, You don't see success stories in the same way. Yeah, It's a lot harder to climb up. Now, if you want the life of, I make 50 to 60,000, I have healthcare. uh, I've got my two kids. uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm covered. I get to live a comfy lifestyle. Don't really have to worry about too much. I can retire off of for my 401k. Yeah, and that type of yeah. Stuff. Then that's that's great. Um, and that's and yeah, you should vote for that. Now but 
I mean, I am going to say, but if you're one of those people who are truly like you want to be a giant success story and you want people to remember your name and an entrepreneur, really. Yeah. The entrepreneur spirit. Yeah. Like you want to be a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Then some of Bernie Sanders policies do not do not apply really, to you. Yeah. yeah, do not really fit that. Um what so when you say that I I feel like when 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 do you draw the line between this idea is radical or no this idea is <clears throat> where we're supposed to be now. What I mean by that is this this concept of universal health care. I was looking through Bernie Sanders' site, yeah. and I saw something very interesting, and it said 87 million Americans are just not insured at all. That's almost a third of Americans, which seems ridiculous, mm-hmm. especially in a time like this. Joey, our good friend, yeah. he just went to the doctor's office yesterday. Mm-hmm. His mom had to pay $500 just to get a checkup. Yeah. Nothing was wrong, but just to get a checkup. Yeah, that is... Um... Really? Wow. Yeah, I, I was shocked. I was like, what the hell? All right. Um, so, in my mind, where you draw the line between radical and, I guess, not radical or more of the normal um, or middle ground, is when you start to cross barriers of style of government um, and just how things are run. So, universal healthcare, I think, yes, people in America everyone should have the right to be insured or have their health insured. Like, I I think that's very important. Like with Joey, I don't think you should have to pay $500 just to get a checkup at the doctor. Uh, You shouldn't have to worry about that. Uh, $500 could go to something way, way more important, like rent, groceries, a car payment, mortgage, anything. College loans, yeah. Yeah, college. Anything, really. Where I do start to think it gets a little radical is free college. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, you see that a lot more in, in Europe where college you, it is a lot cheaper, way cheaper than it, than it is here. But you have to remember Europe is set up differently when I guess college is not an end all or be all end all situation. Like it is, or kind of is in the United States. There's not as much pressure to go to college. Mm-hmm. You can have apprenticeships, which lead to specializations of jobs, like a plumber. Um, it's kind of like trade school, really. Pretty much, yeah. So it, it's very different there in that sense. Like college is not the same. It doesn't mean the same as it does here. Here, yeah. So free college or significantly reduced college, I don't I, – Definitely not free college. I can't see that happening. Um, that's that is where it starts to get really radical. For yeah. Me. Um, reduced college, sure. Or freezing college, awesome. Helping people with loans, awesome. Erasing loans, I'd love to see that. But once again, I don't know where he gets all this. I money no, from. I, I see what you mean. I was I rewatched their debate that was held behind closed doors due to Corona. Yeah good old COVID, and um, they were talking about their, you know, the Green New Deal, how they want to bring in all of these, like, oh, we're going to switch to renewable energy, yada, yada, yada. That's all well and good. Now, Biden's plan for that 
It was going to take some time, but it was $2 trillion. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Bernie's was $14 trillion. Yeah. Which is it, 14 trillion. Like that is, that's our whole, that's damn near like two thirds of our whole debt right now. And that's where I think he's doing a little bit too much. Cause the big question I have is like, who's going to pay for this? Mm -hmm. Are you, you're saying that it's going to be the top 1%, but I know damn well that it's going to be the middle class and lower Americans that are going to see higher taxes. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I kind of, I mean, it's, it's not affecting me. Like, you know, my parents or someone who's working full time, but I like low taxes as much as everyone else, you know? Yeah. And that's also another thing. Um, Bernie does talk about taxing the rich more. He hasn't, I don't know if he's really clarified how much more he plans on taxing them. That would be really interesting. Like going after the billionaires, I like some people in my mind, what do you need $50 billion for? I, I really do wonder, like, do you really need that much? Like mm -hmm. is, is a billion just, just one or two? Would that be okay? But at the same time, with people who have that much money, such as like your Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos kind of people, yeah. who am I to say that you can't have that? Especially when it comes from something that you created. Or like a, I think of Damon John. I mean, man started selling t-shirts <clears throat> out of his trunk and now he's a billionaire. Yeah. Is it fair to him to... Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, like taxing them more, like I am pretty certain they get taxed or i don't know about these recent tax cuts with amazon and everything uh that trump has imposed but i'm sure beforehand they get ta they did get taxed a lot like i can't imagine the figures that they did pay in taxes yeah and taxing them more maybe it would help um maybe there are other ways of going about it but um i don't know if like constantly coming after the rich is the solution a pet, especially when the people saying that, I don't know if all of them are actually rich. And if they were, I'm sure they wouldn't even want that themselves. So yeah. it's, it's very, um, hypocritical. Yeah. It's like, we're um, victimizing them just, yeah, because you succeeded. Yeah. Uh, victimizing them for succeeding when the country is meant to succeed. Yeah. Like this country is built for, um, it's very outdated, but the American dream, type of stuff yeah i don't think it's completely that i don't know if it's ever been that uh equal opportunity for all that's not it's something definitely I, not equal opportunity yeah but. definitely not something i see um especially as a minority like that's uh but it's like you still have the ability to go for it you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah i i feel like the biggest difference between biden and bernie and their ideologies when I hear Bernie, I just think of revolution, revolution, you know, oh, big change. He's promoting big change. Mm -hmm. But Biden is more, he's more about results, not a revolution. Mm -hmm. And the more I think about it, I don't want a revolution. I don't want massive changes. I just want to go back to normalcy and I want to see results. I don't need to see $14 trillion dollars towards renewable energies. I understand that's important, but we can start out with two trillion. We can make these small steps. Yeah. Things, we don't need a vast change in four years. 
I think it would be, I think it could possibly be disastrous if we, we go from Obama, who's pretty moderate, obviously he's more left, but then you switch the, switch the plane to Trump, who is extreme. He's extreme. Yeah. And then if you go to Bernie, that's another, that's another extreme. extreme. Yeah. And I, I think that that huge flip-flop could be more detrimental yeah. and more dividing mm-hmm. um, than if we had someone who's Biden, someone with conservative values, love an older American, but more progressive in his thinking mm-hmm. and his ideology. Yeah. I think that would kind of really say it better, but um, yeah, I think Biden would be just a better choice. He's more of the middle ground. Um, kind of like calming everything down, like keeping the water yeah, calm. Yeah. Instead of like constantly like waves after waves. I'm just I kind of see them as like fire and ice, you know. Yeah. Two sides yeah. of the same coin, but just yeah. different approaches. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it, the one thing I see when it comes to Biden and Bernie with people uh, our age or close to our age is they like Bernie, like you said earlier, charisma helps with student loans. A lot of people in college, um, like a lot of people in college have to deal with student debt from student loans. And I'm here for that, like trying to erase that, cutting the cost of college down um, because it is outrageous. It, you almost feel like he's there for you. Like Bernie Sanders is there for the younger yeah, generation. And for I the think, people, quote yeah, unquote. I think that's why people our age love him the most. It's because he would truly help them a lot. And I'd want to see help for our people our age a lot. Um, but some of the other stuff that comes with it is uh, it's not completely there. And I think that's where you see the other half. I don't even know if it's half, but the other part of our uh, generation shift more towards Biden. And they just know that he is a candidate that maybe he's not 100% something they're looking for, but he would help. Yeah. And he would have a good shot of being Trump. I think he'd have a really good shot. Yeah. That's all I can really pretty much say for these two guys. Well, uh, what I really like about Bernie, I had a few more points, is um, he's just, he's kind of like Benjamin Button. You, you never seen that movie <laughs> where like you, he was born old? Yeah. I was looking at videos of him in the 70s. This man literally looks the same. It's, it's like, what's going on? But I just love how he stayed consistent with his values. He has mm-hmm. never switched up. And yeah. I can't say the same about Biden. Yeah. I think what's very interesting is that in the past four years, when you look at what Biden has supported, mm-hmm. he's catering towards this younger audience since yeah. we are a new uh, – Oh, it's raining really hard yeah. outside. Um, he's catering towards really our generation because he understands we're a big part of the vote. Yeah. Um, for example, he recently said in his most recent debate that he was looking to appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court and that he would 100%, if elected as the nominee for the Democratic Party, he will have a female vice president. Yeah. Um, and Bernie said the same thing after him, but... yeah. I think he's just catering towards the climate nowadays. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I would love to see a black woman in the Supreme Court and a woman president and vice president. Um, I hope that when they're chosen, they're truly great candidates. Um, And that's the biggest thing. I don't – I just – 
simply do not care what your physical appearances are. I'm, I'm not going to vote for you just because you're black. I'm not going to vote for you because you're a woman. I'm not going to vote for you because you're young. I will vote for you because you're competent for the position. Yeah. So I hope whoever, whoever gets nominated, whoever their vice president is, I just hope it's someone who's competent and right for the job. And it's not just to please people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I completely agree. Um, I just had something, but can't even remember it. You're fine. Um, want to talk about the uh, the elephant in the room? That is Trump. <laughs> Trump. Can he be defeated? Uh, Can he truly be taken down? Because I, the closer it gets, the more doubts I'm having is if we actually have a chance. Hmm. That's a good question. And I'll say this just to start us off. Everyone listening to this, you've got to admit that he is wild. Um, He said so many off-the-wall stuff that what is considered normal, what is considered normal now has been shifted more to that extreme. But it's like the more stuff he says, the more we just get used to it and numb to his antics. So then we have to look at not only his policies, but his overarching impact on things. I say this to say that if he deals with the coronavirus appropriately, if this is something that isn't lingering on in October or November, if this is something that gets wrapped up in the summer, I think that's the nail in the coffin for the Democrats. Because what what more could he say? I'm the president that got us through the coronavirus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, that would be honestly that wouldn't be a surprising comment from him, even though the people who would help get us through are the the doctors, the nurses, healthcare the, workers. Yeah, yeah, healthcare workers, the people on the like front lines, um, and doing doing anything they can to help. And even just the average person who's staying home and uh, doing their best to stay in good health mm-hmm. and try their best is someone who helps get us through this uh, coronavirus. But I wouldn't know if that's a nail in the coffin. I really hope not. I agree, though. Like, I can't see Trump being president for another four years. I wouldn't want to see that. Not at all. I don't know who could. Like, I don't know. I don't see a clear-cut candidate that's like, all right, this guy or this girl, this person can beat him. Like, I wish there was that person. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I uh, wish uh, Michelle Obama could run. Michelle? Yeah. Good old Michelle. I don't know. Make everyone eat fucking vegetables. <laughs> she fit- no, I'm kidding. Um, what I will say about Trump. When he first got elected, I remember I was sitting in my friend's room. This was freshman year of college. And he was, he voted for Trump. I was shocked. I remember when I woke up the next day, I really like sat down and and thought about it. 
and I wasn't in the hysteria that every, everyone else seemed to be in. I was accepting of it. And what I thought to myself was like, I want Trump to do well. Why? Because if Trump does well, then America does well. That has quickly deteriorated. My initial thinking was, hey, you know how, you know how we call Democrats and Republicans left-wing and right-wing? Yeah. Left-wing, right-wing, we're all one bird, right? Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. We can't do things with one wing. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted us to have that mentality like we're in this together. But he just completely threw that out the window with his personality, which I think is the most important part of being president is the image. When you are the leader of America, I've said this before, when you are the leader of America, when you are the leader of the free world, you can't, you can't just act in a way that is undermining people and individuals and minorities. It's just, it looks horrible. And I think his image is causing more damage, is causing the most damage, really, than any of his policies or any, anything like that. Well, yeah, I think some of his policies do cause damage. Like you can clearly see he's out to help himself a mm-hmm. lot when it comes to the economy and um, giving huge tax breaks to like tough companies yeah. in the country. But some things they does say or a lot of things that he says are very, just very inappropriate, wrong. Um, he's done it so many times. I don't like to think about it. So many um, times. But even like, but this coronavirus, there are many times where you referred to it as like the China virus. China virus, yeah. Yeah, like it, it was from China. And Is it, that bad though? Yes, that's absolutely bad. What's the difference between that and the Spanish flu? Not defending him, just playing devil's advocate. All right. Um, wouldn't know enough about the Spanish flu, but if you were a Chinese American and your president kept saying that this is the China virus, come on, like <laughs> this is the black virus. <laughs> like this is the African American. This is the African well, what's virus. What's the difference between the black virus and the black plague? Black plague, black because it fit the times. It was Middle Ages. It was dark. <laughs> I'm pulling your uh, okay. I'm pulling your knees at this point. <laughs> All right, but like the China virus, that's so that's so bad, and that's also so that's just so bad. Like yeah, we got it. It originated from China, but do not put China in front of it. You're mm-hmm. act- it makes it seem like you're blaming China. For this like virus, when it honestly, bats are in more places than China. This could happen. It could have happened anywhere in Southeast yeah. Asia. Yeah, to be honest, like don't say China virus. There are Chinese Americans who live in and in, in the country, and I'm sure you make them, you you almost make people like look at them weird when they shouldn't be looked at weird, or you make, you just make them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I can't. I can't imagine how like being that or like even Asian because sadly people just think some as, as soon as they see Asian and this time they could just associate you with the virus. Like yeah. they might have the virus. Yeah. So That's you heard Asian Americans, uh, specifically Chinese Americans who have family in China. Uh, maybe they have a lot of pride in being Chinese American. I think that was just a really dumb I don't know if it. I don't even know if it was a mistake. And notice how but we're not dumb, even. Dumb action. We're not even talking. We haven't even hit his, his policies. It's truly just the image and the, the things he says. 
I, I, I consider this. If Obama was president during this time, I would feel so much more calm. I'd feel like the ship is more steady, but I feel like just the way this man is so volatile, I, I feel like it's making people more anxious. Yeah. He says it's okay. Oh, this isn't this isn't gonna spread in America. Oh, we got it under control. Yeah. To this point, you know. Well, it was. I mean, yeah. Going back to image in a way, and some of the things like uh, just the things he says, like earlier in the year when he was talking about how, you know, this would never even be a problem in America. Yeah. Um, and then like over time, he slowly kept changing his words. Mm-hmm. I feel like with any other president who has a pretty solid background in politics they would have just handled it better they wouldn't have said this will never hit america or like america won't be affected by this and then slowly he's gonna have to like retract yeah his words and statements from a month ago and then another month ago and uh even now he's talking about like people like getting back to work like maybe at the end of by easter yeah like he was shooting for easter and i was like dude this is not gonna go away in easter uh, we are projecting, at least in Ohio, we're projected to hit a peak in May. No way are like should people be going back to work, regardless of the job, almost in Easter. Um, this is that you just gotta like. It's painful, but you gotta like wait it out. The thing that scares me is that obviously people like me and you aren't going to take that seriously. But there are there's a reason why he won. There are plenty of people that will take what he says literally and will mm-hmm. think it's fine to go out during yeah. those times. And I just feel like, dude, you, you are so powerful. People will listen to you. Just watch. I, I can't even say watch what you say because it's not going to happen at this point. But I just wish he'd be a little bit more careful. Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, and this goes back to critical thinking. He knows he's powerful and he knows exactly what position he is in. And he knows the people who are following him. And the people who are following him, I mean, there was a good amount when he won the election that um, they just weren't as educated and great at critical thinking. And um, you can, some of the people who are diehard Trump fans, there have been videos on this. I think, I can't remember if it was Trevor Noah or John Oliver, but they would send people out in the streets and debate against uh, yeah, Trump supporters. And it is yeah. very quick to just completely stump them. And they're just going to start attacking with things that don't even really have to do with uh, Trump. And like, they just, they don't even really know why they follow him. They just do in a way. And he, I guess he speaks to that crowd. Um, and he knows, he, once again, he knows exactly who he is, the title he holds, and the people that follow him. And he's going to keep doing the same exact thing because that's because just it wins. yeah i mean yeah. president trump is i think he he's ranked one like i think it's top three or top five all right it cut out there for a second but yeah he's top three or top five in um base supporters so yeah he has a pretty low uh what do you call it low acceptance rate is that what it's called it's approval. popular approval rating yeah but it doesn't go below a certain number because his his base is so strong, and I, you got to respect that. Yeah, well, he also did, um, I guess, smart thing by speaking to people uh, who felt like they didn't have voices. Yeah, um, industries that are dying, like coal, 
just talking about how he's going to promote more, uh, I don't know, jobs in coal and uh, help people who are really in tough positions and jobs were like they're starting to pass simply just because technology is moving on from that and they didn't have another trade that they could apply and adapt. Yeah, to. and that I think that's where the Democrats really messed up is because they completely pushed those people off to the side. And another reason why I feel like Trump will win mm -hmm. is because, shockingly, he's kept a lot of these promises. When we talk about the factory workers, he's created over 600,000 jobs for these factory workers. Is that true? It's true. Okay. And when we look at small businesses, this is how you know he's a businessman. He's given out um, four, or he's relieved $415 billion in tax cuts to small business owners, which is insane because yeah, if that's true, that's people good. like me and you, I'm pretty sure you'd want to start your own business one day. I know Maybe. I do. I don't know. I know I do for sure. And when I see something like that, I'm like, wow, like, oh, that's lit. Like, I'll take that money. <laughs> you know, like, it's going to be close. Yeah. It's going to be real close. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And uh Yeah, I don't I don't even know what to say about him anymore other than it is what it is and I'll probably keep being that until the uh election and everything. Yeah. Uh a question I have for you. What do you think it will take for him to be defeated? Yeah. I have Pretty much no clue. It would pretty much take almost a miracle, a combination of Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, whoever loses, fully supports yeah. that person once they go up for uh, for uh, election. Um, everyone in the Democratic everyone. side so fully supporting that candidate, telling them, please go out and vote. Um, maybe some adjustments and some of the things they... Uh, want to get done so it can cover, try and cover more people. Um, back with Trump and he was speaking to a crowd that felt like their voice was kind of taken from them or they didn't have a voice. Yeah. Maybe try and doing that. But once again, you can't speak for everyone. There's always going to be a crowd that, of course, you won't cover. Um, it would truly just take full support. And more importantly, uh, I wish this, I think it should be a holiday that everyone has off, but the day that you go to vote, everyone, I don't know, everyone who can vote needs to show up and vote. Yeah. And if Trump wins through that, then, yeah, the whole country spoke. But last presidential election, it wasn't even like a two-thirds, I think. It was closer to half the nation that was eligible. I believe it was, vote, a, it was 100 million people in total. Really? Yeah, which okay. is probably, what, half of the eligible voters? Yeah. I don't... I know what you mean, though. Yeah. We pretty much, we're, like, we're almost at like the halfway line when it comes to eligible voters actually voting. So we need, like, I love 100%, probably not going to see 100%, maybe, like, 70 80%, just way more. Yeah. This is very important. Um, and I think... The the demographic that really has to step up, it has to be our generation. And no time in history has have young people, people under their thirties, been good at, at turning out into polls. Yeah, and that's a big reason why 
Bernie, the guy that a lot of young people are supporting, is probably not going to win the nomination is because the younger, the young people turnout has just not yeah. come around. So I feel like uh, it'll really be our generation. I don't even care if, I truly do not care if a 22-year-old, 21-year-old, a young person in general is going to vote for Trump. I just want to see young people in general yeah, just, please just go vote. out and vote. Yeah. 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 It, it's something that we just take for granted, and I don't think people realize how much of a privilege it is. Yeah, I think it is an extreme privilege um, to help decide what happens in your nation. Um, I wish people would do it more for just the presidential election, people in the, uh, voting for, like, your next mayor, your next um, governor. I'd love to see more participation in that. But um, it's a privilege, I think, that we can take for granted. And another thing that I've heard a lot of people say our age is that it's just one vote. Like they just belittle their vote. Yeah. And like that mentality kills, it kills yourself. It kills the people who count on you. And, it, and it's a huge letdown because so many people start to think that way. Like, Oh, I'm just one vote. It doesn't matter if I vote. Well, if 20 million people say that, then it is something. Mm-hmm. Or even, I don't know, like 5,000. Well, frankly, it just doesn't matter. Just vote. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, just be a part of something. And just because you're one, like, what do you want to be? Five votes? Like, it's never, it's always going to be one vote. It's always been one vote. Just do your part. Yeah, just do your part. Be a citizen. Have pride in your nation. Even though you might not right now just do something that might give yeah, you more absolutely. pride. I don't know. Just emphasizing before you go, critical thinking. Know who you're voting for. Um, know who's going against that person that you're voting for. That's all I ask. Just please show up and vote and know what cause you're supporting. That's it. Yeah, Drake, you uh, you hit it on the head there when you said critical thinking. Critical thinking is something so simple in concept, but is not utilized and implemented enough in today's society. Um, but I hope to all of those that, who are still listening, that after listening to this podcast, that your thinking has been questioned. Now, we're not here to change your beliefs or change your outlook on things. We are simply here to raise the question and get people to start thinking about what they believe in. This is what life is all, is all about, just evolving your mode of thinking. And there we have it, episode one in the books. If you made it this far, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, This was a ton of fun to do. Depending on what platform you're listening on, make sure to give it a review and give it a rating. And please give it some feedback. The goal is to make this show as good as I can for you guys. If you want me to discuss another topic, let me know and I'll be sure to get to it.